This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. What do you think about what's happening from a leadership standpoint here in the U.S. now? I, I think where we can do better is not being so polarizing. I don't think that everyone is polarizing. Our media, our government, they highlight the polarization. It's like, look at these group of extremists on this side. Look at this group of extremists on this side. And all they show is what these extremists are doing. But the majority of the people don't are not extremists. People like you and me, we're, 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 we're trying to do better for us, for our families, impacting people's lives in a positive manner. Can we focus on that for a little bit and not on the extre extremists? I mean, can we show, you know, when we have people that are helping others? Because there's a lot of good that's going on in our country. Why can't we talk about that instead of this? This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Dr. Amin Sanaya. You are a best-selling author, speaker, and coach. In addition, you are a driven and influential turnaround expert that excels in overseeing people, strategy, and organizational development within companies. You are also a champion for culture, building, and DEI. Dr. Amin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, and thank you for the great introduction. Absolutely. Uh, first off, I just want to, um, you know, say congratulations on becoming a best-selling author. I know that happened very recently, so uh, uh, congratulations to you on that uh, incredible feat. Uh, just wonderful. What was that experience like? Uh, thank you. Uh, it, it was a great experience uh, for me. Is uh, very surreal. Uh, having the opportunity uh, to have some success, uh, but more so being able to put information out there that is going to uh, grow leaders and hopefully develop uh, our, our next generation of leaders. No doubt. And that's what we want to dive into today. Um, and, you know, I think it'd be great to learn just a little bit about you and your background. How how did this, um, you know, enter into your future? Like how old were you when you started thinking about leadership and what you wanted to do uh, for a career? That's a great question, Roger. Uh, so early on in my career, uh, when I entered the workforce, uh, I saw a, a, good, a big need uh, because of my experience with good and not so good managers, uh, mostly not so good managers. Uh, me being a people person, uh, I am about people and human connections, which is vital to what we do in society uh, and more so in the workplace. I, I decided because of my experiences um, to see, well, there has to be uh, better ways of, of being able to uh, manage. And as my research took me along, I learned that there's a big difference between being a manager and being a leader. Uh, one manages things, the other inspires people. And that, uh, I really resonated with that. And I wanted to be able to make that my life work. 
and how can I impact uh, people's lives? And the way you can do it um, in masses is through being a leader and being the right type of leader with the right attributes. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. And I, you know, I think about the different positions I've had throughout my career, and I'm sure everyone could relate to this, right? We all had, you know, poor managers, and most of us hopefully had some really good managers. And and the difference between the two just can be career changing for people. So, you know, one question I had is, what do you think it is? Like, do you think the poor managers were put into a position? Um, without being ready, without without any you know proper training, uh, is it ego? Is it a little bit of everything? What what's your observation on why there are so many poor managers? That's a very interesting question, uh, and it's one of the ones that I really looked at th- during my dissertation. So, uh, what happens in most workplaces is that we have people that are specialists. They're really, really good at what they do. So, all right, great. You're, you, you do a great job. So now we're going to put you in, in, in a supervisory position, whether it's manager, supervisor, director. Uh, but that's a big step. And that's a whole different level of skill sets needed to be able to go from being a specialist to overseeing people. And we fail people, organizations fail people when they do that because they give them no proper professional training or give them the resources to be able to go to school and get some development, do some workshops. Um, And that's how we end up in most organizations with the majority of the people that are in supervisory positions that don't have that skill set because they they don't know any better. Um, so they learn on the fly, on the job training. Well, in those positions, you can't have that. You really can't. And what happens is innately as humans, we're great at something. So we want other people to do it the same way we do it. But we're human beings. <laughs> we're unique unto ourselves. Um we can both, you and I can do the same thing, get to the same goals, but we go about it different ways. And as, uh, when you develop that skill set as a leader, you learn that everyone is unique. Um, leadership can be situational, depending on what the goal might be for the organization or where you are within the organization. If the organization is in turmoil, you have to have a, a specific style of leadership. Um, and those are things that we put people in positions and they don't know that. So they try to figure it out as they go along. And, right. and you know, that that's what I've experienced. And what is, you know, what does the employee do in, you know, maybe you have some guidance or advice for them, but employees that have poor managers, um, again, just speaking from experience and seeing what some, you know, people have done along the way, they may go to HR, right? And and file a complaint. Um, however, does that really do anything, right? Does that does that actually move the needle in in an organization to see if there is a complaint about a certain manager 
Are they going to reach out and see if they could get them the proper training or do they just go through the paperwork and let, you know, let it continue as is it just, I don't, you know, of course, different organizations do things different ways, but what have you seen out there from an HR standpoint when, when there is poor leadership and how to improve it for not only that particular say manager or department, but company-wide? Typically, what happens, uh, what I've experienced is that um, it is when it's brought to HR, um, they kind of work through that process with that supervisor, but they still don't get them the um, the training that they need uh, in order to get them to be a leader instead of um, just being a specialist, a super worker. And it's sad. So in most organizations, you see that when you turn over a position, um, statistics, I, I haven't checked lately, but in, in the last couple of years, it's costing organizations anywhere from 20 to 25,000 to replace a position when once someone leaves. Now, talk about, you know, we went through a, a, a pandemic, great resignation, so you have all these turnover, every organization, doesn't matter what industry, I mean, some industries more than others, but they have this constant turnover and the cost is astronomical to the organization to the point that they have to go get um, agency workers that cost them 50 to 75% more than they would pay otherwise. Mm -hmm. And organizations are in this, in this vortex of, non-stop it and one of the things that can stop a lot of this is oh let's hit the reset why don't we provide leadership development to our people because if you're if you develop your people if you have great leaders your people are not leaving yeah. so when you work for an organization are you working for xyz corporation no, people work for their direct supervisor, whoever that person is. So when they leave, they're leaving that supervisor. They're not leaving XYZ Corporation. Invest in your people. Invest, number one, in your leadership to develop them, but also invest in, in their people so that they also get exposed to what leadership is, what your culture be intentful about your culture, what the culture should be in your organization. If you do that, you win. Interesting. Um, I, I'm curious who or what motivated you to become an expert in this field in, in leadership? Oh, wow. It's uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a really hard question. Um, first for me, uh, I learned some skills through my upbringing. Um, I, I came to this country not by choice. Uh, my parents, uh, unfortunately, had we had to relocate out of our country and come here. That process um, was very hard and, and something that I'll never forget. But through that process, uh, my dad became disabled for life. Uh, my mom went from being a university professor to working in a sweatshop and seeing them persevere and not give up and still 
try to provide whatever they can to me, my late brother, and my sister, uh, that shaped my life. Uh, when I saw that, uh, I'm like, well, no one should really go through some of the things that we went through. And I started learning those skills back then. I didn't know it at the time. Um, and then after that, as I mentioned earlier, going through the process of going into the workforce and seeing what a not so good manager um, is like, experience that, that really um, hit home because it kind of took me back to that time where like, oh, wow, hold on a second, that's a shock. So I started reading. Um, I, I read a lot, a lot about um, authors like Jim Collins. Um, they they shaped my career. John Maxwell, um, a John Maxwell certified trainer, coach, speaker. Uh, but those are professionally John Maxwell, Jim Collins. They they shape a lot of what I do. Uh, recently, Simon Sinek. I, I read uh, a lot of his his stuff. Um, but my family at the core, my mom, my dad, their journey that really has shaped me and wow. pushed me to be better. Wow. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about that experience? Uh, maybe a story or two of, of, of the hardships that, that the family went through so we could have some understanding. Uh, we, we were originally from Dominican Republic and we lived very nice. Um, so we're high middle, middle class, uh, lived in a nice house. I, you know, I, I, Grew up very well uh, until about eight years old. Uh, we had to leave our country, go to New York City. So we went from a being living in a very nice house to living in a 700 square foot apartment uh, that it was a, a roach and rat infested. Uh, that that was surreal. Wow. That was surreal. Um, so that that was hard, very hard, and. But I am glad that I went through that process of being able to have, live nicely, have everything you can, you know, and then not having anything. Um, then you have to start climbing again. Um, I'm grateful for that experience. While not the best, but grateful yeah. for it. How old were you at the time when you moved? Eight years old. Oh, wow. So a young guy. Mm -hmm. And what was going on in, in the... Dominican Republic at that time that you had to leave? Was it political in nature or? Uh, so my dad was the president of the largest labor union and the majority of the workers in that labor union were um, government workers and, and it was in the 70s and he was trying to obtain benefits. They, they had no nothing such as a vacation day, sick day, uh, medical coverage. They had nothing. Um, so he was uh, negotiating that with the government and uh, the government did not like that. So we uh, were asked to leave not so nicely. Wow. Well, that really that 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 really hits home, especially everything that's going on today in our world. You know, um, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. It just seems that um, it's hard to know today who to trust. Right. From our leaders. That's yes. our leadership. Right. For, at the highest level um, <laughs> in politics, you know, whether it's the president, uh, you know, whether it's Congress, whether it's the judicial system, it seems that, um, you know, leadership is failing us in many regards, especially our young people. 
who may not be in tune to everything that's happening, but, um, you know, folks like you and I that could kind of observe and sit back and say, you know, some, something doesn't look right. This, this sounds like something that, you know, may happen in the Dominican Republic, but in the United States of America, and Mm -hmm. it's actually happening. So uh, I'm really happy you shared that story because I think you bring a whole different perspective coming from where you did, where, you know, corruption may be a little bit more um, known, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and taken, but what, what do you think about what's happening from a leadership standpoint here in the U S now? Um, I, I think where, where we can do better is um, not being so polarizing. So you have people that, um, and, and I don't think that everyone is polarizing, um, but our media, our government, they highlight the polarization. It's like, look at these group of extremists on this side. Look at this group of extremists on this side. And all they show is what these extremists are doing. But the majority of the people don't are not extremists. Uh, people like you and me, we're, we're, we're trying to do better for us, for our families, uh, impacting people's lives in a positive manner. Can we focus on that for a little bit and not on the extre- extremists? Do I need to, you know, every time I don't like getting on social media, but because of my work, I have to be social media. Uh, I don't want to get on there and see uh, some parade of stuff that should not be shown on on social media. I mean, can we show, you know, when we have people that are helping others? Because there's a lot of good that's going on in our country. Why can't we talk about that instead of this? Yeah, no, you're so right. You're so right. Um, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about your book. And um, I know you have in there um, different values, right? You call it Crave. Uh, you even have a, a shirt right now that you're wearing that says Crave. <laughs> so if you yes. can walk us through that, what what does Crave mean? Where did that come from? And um, you know, let's start out with uh, with C with with communication. Um, so just briefly, uh, the acronym is attributes that I found are the ones that resonate with great leaders. Um, so if you want to really be impactful as a leader, you want to have a certain set of attributes. And for me, it's been these attributes that I found that are able to create dynamic teams and help organizations be successful and re- reach their goals uh, as far as their mission, vision. Um, so uh, my acronym is CRAVE, Communication, Respect, Authenticity, Vulnerability, and Empathy. Uh, when I talked about communication, there is nothing more vital to a leader than communication. Communication has to be based on trust. So when you say that you're a leader, you're you have to be able to inspire people, inspire action. Um, so if if you're not inspiring your people, you're probably not a leader. Uh, so there has the communication is important. It's based on trust. It's based on the care and values um, that you have with your team. So that that is essential when when we talk about communication, and that's what I focus on uh, when I speak on crave. Yeah, and communication 
um, again, I, I love that you start out with that because to me, you know, in leadership, it's everything. When you don't communicate to your team, to your organization, to your customers, you know, that's when chaos happens. That's when, you know, there's the unknowns, right? And, um, you know, specifically, how can you give us a tip or two, like, how can people in general learn to become a better communicator? What 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 are some things that people might be able to do um, to, you know, to sharpen that skill? Uh, that's that's a great question. Uh, so recently uh, working with an organization um, and I hear this a lot and I, you you go any organization um, and you ask people, hey, what can you know, what is one thing that you would like change? You know, what is one thing that you think is, is, is lacking? Uh, and everyone uses the word communication right away. Oh, communication. There's not enough communication. Well, communication is a two-way street, first of all. <laughs> so it's not just that um, me as the leader uh, is going to sit here and just talk to you. Uh, it's it's a two-way street. It's, we're going to have a dialogue, a discussion. And you as the receiver ha you know, need to tell me whether I'm communicating with you effectively or my message is is clear. Because I might think that my, my, my message is clear, but if you don't tell me that it's not, how would I know? So that that's one thing. So what I try to teach or impart on leaders uh, when we talk about communication is that your actions are important. If you're going to say something, you better walk the talk. Because it's not always about what you're saying. People are, as a leader, they're always watching you. So what those nonverbals are very important. Are you engaged when you're listening to someone? Yeah. So so those are things that I that I impart on people and I want them to concentrate on when when we talk about communications. If you want to be a great communicator, you have to be a great listener and your nonverbal cues, you have to work on those pieces. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think you're so right. Uh, you know, being present and in, in being aware and actually, you know, having those listening skills is probably the most important part of communication, because if you're not listening, um, you're just going to talk to hear yourself talk versus actually having a conversation that's um, really based on someone's um you know, actual needs versus what, what you may interpret without truly listening. So, uh, yeah, excellent tip. Okay. What about the next one? What about, uh, respect? <laughs> oh, respect. <laughs> this one, uh, obviously look at the times we live in, uh, and, and everything that you hear and, and groups of people that, you know, I want to be respected. And, um, I think that's the number one model from, uh, the re great resignation is like, oh, I don't feel respected or value, so I'm out of here. Right. When when I teach on respect, I I really want to hone in on, on a specific a specific piece, and that is valuing that diversity of thought. Hmm. So 
when I talk about that, um, you know, people want to just fi uh, fixate on diversity. Oh, the color of the skin, or you know, the, the you know the the two or three things that they want to talk about. Diversity of thought is the most important piece um, when we talk about respect and leadership. Why? Because when you're hiring a person, you're not hiring what it says on a piece of paper. Yeah, you, it, paper will take any words, any numbers you put on there, okay? When you're hiring a person, you're hiring their upbringing, everything they bring, the good and the bad. Um, so, and, and when you do that, you're allowing them to bring their, their upbringing, which is their thought process, how they were raised, it's a big part of who they are. We have to be able to respect that, understand that, and vice versa, because it's not just a one-way street again. It's a two-way street. So when we talk about valuing diversity, it's that diversity of thought. You want to be in a room where you're just speaking and everybody's saying yes, 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 yes. That's not, that's not the right workplace because there's only one thought. Now, if you go in a room and people are challenging each other in a respectful manner, that's the right room because you're going to get greatness out of that. People are going to push each other uh, while respecting their, their, their values and what they bring to the table. And do you think, um, you know, again, I, I hate to keep bringing up politics, but it seems to be everywhere today. You know, I think about our our school system mm -hmm. and, you know, even in sports and things such as, you know, uh, not respecting the flag, right. Not yeah. respecting a referee, mm -hmm. not respecting a judge's decision, not respecting a colleague's, you know, point of view, right. It just <laughs> seems to be everywhere from, you know, grade school on up through, um, you know, the ranks in, in every organization today. Um, again, it, 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 to me, it, it a lot of this has to do with selfish ego, right? That I'm in my, you know, thought process and mm -hmm. my way is the right way. If you, if you go this way or that way, it's all about me, 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 mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like you said, right, re Respect is deeper than anything. It's it's it has nothing to do with with skin color, with culture, with religion. I mean, all I to me that kind of thing is beautiful. I love the mm -hmm. fact that people come from so many diverse backgrounds, you know, and bring ideas and culture and food and and all these things to you know enrich others by by saying look this is how i grew up right and this this is the way we did oh maybe i could learn something from that rather than oh you you grew up like that then that's not you know that's not how i grew up so i'm not even going to take that in yeah th what is wrong with opening your ears and your mind to some other thought <laughs> you don't have to accept it but Allow it, like let your mind wander a little, 
that's different. I never thought about that. Let me think about that. Doesn't mean that I have to agree with you, but it means that I'm respectful enough that I can listen to your viewpoint, whether I agree with it or not. And we're at a point where, oh, we can't even listen to it. Yeah. What do you mean? Since when? Since when we have to be so disrespectful to others just because we don't like the way they look or because they come from somewhere else or because they don't have the same, they don't, you know, they don't like the same things I do. Yeah. And that's the polarization where it's like, no, 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 no. Allow those thoughts and allow your brain to digest it a little bit and really, you know, be, be curious, be curious. Have you watched the show Ted Lasso? No, but I've heard about oh, it. Oh my God, you have to watch it. Okay. There are so many leadership lessons in that show. It is unbelievable. But one of the clips um, that has become really famous from it is um, he mentioned a quote that says, be curious, not judgmental. And I think it's for this conversation and in where we are in society, if we did that, we would be so much better off. Yeah, I love be it. Be curious. Allow allow the different conversations. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with all of them, but allow it. Let your mind wander a little. What is wrong with that? That's how you grow as a person. Great advice. That's great advice. Okay, so let's move on to your A as part of the crave, which is authenticity. Oh, man, authenticity. Uh well, that's one thing that I'm I'm, I'm all about, uh, the authenticity and, and vulnerability, which will come next. Um, but one thing that, again, in, in the workplace, we need to allow people to be who they are in a respectful manner. I mean, it's not that it, everything goes, but being who you are bringing the whole of you. When you allow people to be who they are, you're going to get 100% of them. If you are going to say, oh, no, you know, I, I don't believe in, in the comments when people say that you are one person at home, you're one person at work, you're one person with your friends. Nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's blurred lines. You are who you are. You can limit some of who you are at times, depending on the situation, but you are who you are. And if you want to get the best out of someone, for them to feel that they can be their best, they can use all their skills, they can bring all their creativity, you got to let them be authentic. Yeah. Bring it. You got to say it. Bring it on. Come on. Yeah. Be yourself. Allow allow people to be real. And, and you win. And you know what's interesting I, you know, I would bet to say that a vast majority, you know, probably in the high 90 percentile of organizations, when they hire a new person, they're not talking about this and they should be right. So <laughs> you hire a new person. To me, the first thing you say is, look, whatever you do here, be yourself. We want you to bring your perspective, your ideas your background, all that to us, be yourself. Because when it's not talked about, I think that's when the walls come up and, and, and people just don't know how to react. 
And then they get uncomfortable and they're trying to be someone that they're not. And they're trying to act like the guy down the hall, the gal down the hall. And then they find themselves in this place where, as you said, they're not the same person as they are at home or with their friends. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious if you agree with me on the fact that this is something that needs to be celebrated and talked about. And especially with new hires, like, hey, like, we want you to bring yourself. We want you to be yourself in this workplace. And like you said, there's, of course, there's there's certain limits to, yeah. to do that. But but I think the, the main point here is just be who you are, because when you are who you are, that's when the magic happens versus hiding behind, you know, the mask of someone that you're not. Yeah. So one of the things that we've seen um, in the, I would say in the last six to eight years, um, especially in, 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 in our society, in, in our country, is, you know, that CYA, you know, you have to, you know, organizations have to do CYA, the, the, the people that work in the organizations have to do CYA and they're documenting everything. Oh, look, this one looked at me wrong. And this one, they did this to me. Now it becomes an adversarial, like you're going to work to look for stuff instead of going to work to actually do your work. Yeah. And this is where, when I mentioned at the beginning, I talked about that. Organizations have to be intentful about their culture, who they want to be. Their values have to be aligned with their mission and vision and make sure their leaders are 100% about it. So if your leaders in your organization cannot tell you what their vision and mission and values of the organization is, you have a problem. Well said. So true. Okay. Now I know you want to talk about this one as well, which is vulnerability. Vulnerability. Uh, so in our society, being vulnerable means being weak, right? That's, that's the, you know, everybody wants to colorate, uh, you know, to the, the two words. They're not, they're not. So if you want to be a leader, you have to, be relatable to people. If if I work in an organization and my boss, the leader of the organization, I cannot relate to that person, I can't reach out and, and touch them, that's a problem. So in being a leader, be vulnerable. Going to a meeting, make a joke about yourself. Going to a meeting, Say, oh my God, yesterday I did this. What a horrible mistake. Now everyone else will be like, oh, okay, he's not, he's not a superhuman being. He's not God. Uh, you know, he's not a God-like creature. He's human like us. Yeah. Now you're now people feel a little bit more comfortable. And it's so and you create a culture where it's okay, you're gonna make a mistake, you know. You're not going to fire you because you made a mistake. You know, now you get to be yourself a little bit more. So be vulnerable as a leader. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't be in a box and so uh, far distance from your people that they can't feel you. 
they that they don't know anything about you. Now I'm not saying that you're gonna go there and you're gonna spill your guts and tell your life story every single day and tell them what's going on in your life. That's different. But do some snippets. Allow people to get to know you. Be vulnerable. That it, when people you know feel that that it's okay, they don't have to be fearful of you. They're gonna be comfortable. They're gonna be relatable. You get you get the best out of them. They get to be creative, bring different thoughts and ideas to the table. And would you say that that vulnerability is also true in taking some risks, whether it's in the workplace or maybe you know, um, even even say writing a book, right? So writing a book may be somewhat vulnerable because you're doing something new. You're you're going outside of the box. You're putting your name on something. These are your words that, oh my gosh, what are people going to actually think? So does vulnerability play into risk-taking also? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, being vulnerable, it's you're putting yourself on the line. So you are taking a big risk. But that's the cool thing about it, though. It, 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 it shouldn't be bad. It's, that's the cool thing about it. Put yourself out there. What's going to happen? Let's find out. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's bring this home with one of the most important words uh, in here, and that's empathy. Yeah. So when a leader is empathetic, they're able to walk in their employee's shoes. For example, nowadays, we have a lot of single parents that are in the workplace, a lot. When you see single parents or people that care for their parents, um, I, I care for my dad um, until his last days. And that's, when you're a leader and you get to know your people, you know that they're a single parent or they're taking care of a loved one. Put yourself in their shoes. There's going to be days if you have a if you're a single parent, there are going to be days that their kids are not going to want to get up. They're going to give them hell. They're going to be late. They're going to call off. They're going to have doctor's appointments. They're going to have things that go on in their life that affect their attendance, that affect when they can be at work. And if they're an integral part of your team, are you willing to lose that because you're not able to be empathetic a little bit and say, you know what? I need to give in a little because that's the human thing to do. Yeah. Um, no, that's a great point. And one, one of the things I think about, and I know it's been talked about a lot, but would love to get your take on it too, is the differences between being sympathetic and empathetic. And maybe even using that same example with, with the employee as a, as a single single you know, parent. Two words. Again, people want to correlate them to the one and, and they're, they're not. Um, so you can be empathetic and being assertive with it um, by, yes, you're going to allow certain things. That, that doesn't mean that you're going to allow everything, that everything, again, everything goes. Um, so that, that also talks about that you're going to allow conversations to happen 
um, but you're not gonna allow it to be personal. So disagreeing without taking it personal. Yeah. That's 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 having empathy. Yeah, it's so important today. So important. Um, okay, let's move into servant leadership. Actually, I've worked with a couple of authors over this past year, and two of them really focused on this topic as well. It's 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 out there, right? Servant leadership. Mm -hmm. But as yep. much as it's out there, it's always new to some people. It may like someone listening, it may be the first time they've ever heard that. You know, what is servant leadership and why is it important? So for me, gr uh, growing up, and uh, I one of the things that I saw from different um, people uh, as I was growing up and, and different uh, exposing myself to um, different types of leaders and doing a lot of research is that when you make it about others, not about yourself, you're a servant leader. You make it about others. And when you do that, you're able to serve people. And there is no better feeling in the world. There's no money in the world that can pay you when you serve others. There isn't. So servant leadership for me is number one. It's really hits home. And, and that is the way I try to carry myself. How can I serve you better today? So again, if this is new to someone and say they're just in an average role with an average company, they may not even being, be in a leadership role, right? How can someone like that be a servant leader within their organization? What, what are some things they might be able to do to demonstrate servant leadership? So in, in servant leadership, and, and again, leadership is not a title i just want to uh, um uh, have this is the you know this uh disclosure um so people don't understand just because you have a title of a director supervisor the boss the ceo coo that doesn't mean that doesn't make you a leader you can be a team member an employee and be a leader by the way you carry yourself So when when someone wants to exhibit those uh, attributes of a servant leader, it's the way you carry yourself. So when when you're at work and you see someone struggling, you go over and you help them. When you are in outside in your community. And, and you see your neighbor struggling or someone outside struggling and you go help them, you're serving them. That's what it's about. When you make it about others, not about you. Love that. And I also think that this is relevant in the home, right? Teaching our mm -hmm. kids, leading by example. If they're struggling with whatever it may be, homework, um, maybe uh, you know, depends on their age, but a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even just leading by example that, you know, whether it's doing the dishes or 
you know, chores or, or whatnot. I, I, to me, it, it starts at home and then goes wherever you go. It's not just in the workplace because mm-hmm. you might be a servant leader at work and then you come home and you're an angry person. And that's not, that's not, that's not servant leadership. No, it's not. No, it is not. Yeah, that's why I mentioned the way you carry yourself into different situations. Um, and it's again, you don't need a title for that. Right. One of the one of the things when I when I when I do um leadership training that I talk to when I talk to people that are not in leadership positions is if if um if you want to uh teach someone something, be the leader you want, behave how you want your leader to treat you. Now, I noticed, you know, a lot of the things we're talking about today, uh, your approach, you have to have the right mindset, right, for for this approach. And I know you talk about this a lot, having the right mindset. Um, You know, so what does that look like, right? How how do you get in the right mindset? (laughs) For someone that's in the wrong mindset, how do you even recognize that you're in the wrong mindset or if you're not even thinking about it, how do you get in this right mindset? So it's daily habits. So we as human beings are creatures of habits. We are what we do on an everyday basis. The reality we create is from what we do. We want to be able to build those good daily habits, those positive daily habits uh, to get into the right mindset. So you want to start your day off with positivity. So I know that there are certain days that I've gotten up and it's like either my alarm didn't go off or for whatever reason I was too tired and I get up late and all of a sudden, oh my God, no way. It's going to be one of those days. Guess what? It is going to be one of those days. You spoke it into reality. And, you know, it's it's mind over body. Whatever is on your mind, that's the reality you create. So that doesn't mean that that there's a way for you to stop that. No, we're human beings. We're going to do that. If we we get up and we bang our foot on something, guess what? We're all of a sudden, oh, my God, God. But it's what you do after that. So when when those bad thoughts, bad feelings, or bad things happen to you, practice gratitude. Mm. Stop what you're doing. Stop your mind from raising into the negative, and be like, okay, let's 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 get in a better mindset. Take a few minutes to gather yourself, and just say, you know what, I'm thankful. I'm thankful because I'm alive. I'm thankful because I have health. I'm thankful because I have great family. I'm thankful because I have a job. I'm thankful because I have a car. I'm thankful that there's sunshine. There's 50 million things you can be thankful for. So practice that. Cultivate that gratitude. That's going to get you in the right mindset and allow those negative thoughts to go away. You you have to battle that uh, because the way we grow up and, and some of the things that we see is 
that's what we see. So guess what? We're going to practice that. You have to rework, reframe your mindset in a way where you're doing that every day. Even if you have to print it out and read it in the morning, read it at night, have it somewhere where you can remind yourself, be positive. The more you do that, the better it will be because now you're looking at things from a positive connotation versus a negative one. Yeah, and you know, it, it just leads me to the title of your book, right? Which is Empower Your Leadership. I really like that title because again, you're you're giving yourself permission, you're speaking it out loud. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to empower my leadership, right? Everyone can do this. Everyone mm-hmm. can empower themselves. They can empower their leadership. And um, it would be great to know if you could give us just a, a little insight as to what people can find in your book, why they may want to read it, and uh, how it could help them learn to empower their own leadership. That That's a, a great question com- and comment there. So um, some of the things that we talked about um, that I've mentioned is that you don't need a title to be a leader. So this book is not just for people in leadership positions or people aspiring to be leaders. These are very practical that you can use in your everyday life. The attributes that I talked about, Crave, you can practice that. That'll that'll take you, allow you to be a better human being if you're able to practice all this. Also, part of the book is that I talk about having the right mindset and some tips that will help you get there and the importance of that. If you're able to get in the right mindset, everyone benefits. You benefit your family, your close friends, they all benefit from that. And you're going to empower that on them as well. That's awesome. Great. Um, Now, I'm sure there's people that are listening to this or watching and saying, you know what? I like this Dr. Me. You know, how how do I get in touch with him? Um, And I know you have a website, which we'll talk about, but uh, do you have a coaching program for some of these skills so people could develop them. Um, uh, Do you have a program that people can get involved with? Absolutely. So I I do have um, two. So I I have a coaching program for individuals. Um, It's an eight-step program. uh, And my contact information will be on the website. We'll talk about it later. Um, And and, in that program, we go through um, a lot of the things that are in my book. And, and go through some of those exercises and really how to empower yourself. Uh, the second part is for organizations. So I have a specific uh, a program for organizations to be able to retain their top talent and recruit top talent. Mm. Um, so that, that that is something that I'm very passionate about. Excellent. And your website is amin. I'm going to spell it A-M-I-N-S-A-N-A-I-A.com. We will also put it in in the show notes so people have that. 
on your website. Uh, I know they could uh, uh, buy, you know, have, there's a link to your, to purchase your book. Um, anything else on that website that they should look for? Yeah. So uh, in my website, you'll find some um, articles that I've written. Uh, I'm actually uh, uh, have a few tips there for, for people that, that want to grow more as leaders. And also my contact, uh, if you want to contact me, that's the best way to do it. Uh, we'll set up a, a time where we can speak uh, about what your plans are in the future and how we can uh, empower yourself. Great. Dr. Mean, one last question I'd like to ask all my guests before uh, I let you go is at the end of the day, you still have a lot of work to do, but what do you want your legacy to be? Wow, that's, that's, uh, I, I wasn't uh, expecting that. Um, so at the end of the day, I want my legacy to be that I was able to impact people's lives in a positive manner. I do what I do because I'm all about people, loving people. And if there's anything within my work, uh, anything within any of the presentations that I do or, or articles or the books that I've written that can impact people, that's what I want it to be. Dr. Mean, welcome to the American Real Family. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and spending time with us today. Um, you know, I cannot wait to share this episode and we look forward to staying in touch and uh, people please uh, reach out and get his book, Empower Your Leadership. It's available on Amazon. You can also go to his website. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. And I appreciate you giving me uh, the time, the audience. Uh, it, it's been really awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we can help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.